0: Praise the Lord. This is Jacob Lovelace with the Promise Church, and we want to welcome you to our new podcast, Messages from the Promise. We want you to be blessed by the word of the Lord that's shared here each week at the Promise Apostolic Church. Hope these words richly bless you. God bless. Tell you something. The Lord's soon to come. He's soon to come. But until He does... We're praying, we're praying for better things Every day we're praying for better things But our Bible clearly tells us This world is going to get worse And worse and worse And not only do you need the Holy Ghost To carry you out of here when that trumpet sounds You're going to need the Holy Ghost To be able to deal with what's coming I don't see how you're dealing with it without it now You need the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me what I need, preacher. I'm telling you, you need, I need, we need the Holy Ghost. We need the strength of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the peace of the Holy Ghost. We need the comfort of the Holy Ghost. We need the direction of the Holy Ghost. Mm, We need the unction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. You can experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. I'm talking about a supernatural impartation of Almighty God. not talking about some little mamby pamby I'm talking about an, a, a miracle a miraculous impartation just like what happened on the day of Pentecost right. mom how old were you when you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost 13 years old she's pushing 70 now she wouldn't have made it this far I was backslid on a bad road, Brother Phil. And it was a Holy Ghost-filled praying mama. Yes, Sister Sherry. Amen. Amen. Holy Ghost-filled praying mama. Fasted for me for two weeks one time. We don't talk about prayer and fasting anymore. Amen. Because that, that, that's getting in the Spirit prayer and fasting that's that's spiritual warfare amen. amen amen anybody got the holy ghost in here amen amen i'm thankful on let's just feel after him here just a minute amen the Holy Ghost is in this room amen my, my buddy Brian Ratliff back there we'll, we'll get to talking to one another and I'll say I love you and he'll say I love you too i say boy you're a good guy he'll say man you're making it weird <laughs> we might as well get weird in here tonight Amen. We might as well just let the Holy Ghost move in this place. Amen. Now I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Ghost tonight. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about the biblical Holy Ghost. And how it operated in the Bible. Everything I'm going to show you and teach you and preach to you tonight is straight out of the Word of God. I'm not going to tell you. The Baptist version of it, I'm not gonna tell you the Catholic version of it, I'm not gonna tell you the Apostolic Pentecostal version of it. I'm gonna tell you what the Bible says. And the Bible says it is for you. The Holy Ghost is for you. Has anybody experienced what I'm talking about? Now look all around this room. We got witness after witness after witness after witness. After witness. That the Holy Ghost is still for you today. John chapter number 3. Jesus has just explained to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus is scratching his head. For those of you that weren't here last Sunday, part one of this message was last Sunday. You can go to our website or YouTube or our Facebook page and watch last week. Uh, But this will make sense. I'm going to touch on a little bit from last week. But Jesus has told Nicodemus he must be born again. When Nicodemus asked, how do you do that? He said, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. Amen. Verse 7, Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. Now, I'm going to tell you all the biblical way to be born again tonight. Amen. Then notice Jesus uses something natural to help explain something supernatural. He says in verse 8, as as Nicodemus is just confused and marveling in what the Lord says. Verse 8, he said, The wind bloweth where it listeth. That means the wind blows wherever it wants to. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone. Somebody say everyone. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind blows where it wants to. You hear, you can't tell whether it's coming or whether it's going, but you hear the sound that it makes. He said, are y'all listening? He said, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Nicodemus was confused. He didn't understand. Jesus answered and said unto him, art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not these things? Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, And ye receive not our witness. Verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, How shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? I, I won't be long. I won't preach long. But I want to talk to you, part two of last week's message, I want to talk to you about heavenly things. Heavenly things. Now, some of the things I'm going to share with you, you're going to be just like Nicodemus. What? Do what? That's weird. That don't make sense. It won't make sense to your carnal mind. It's spiritual. It's, it's he- Isn't that what he said? Nicodemus, I'm trying to explain this to you in an earthly way and you can't grasp it. So how are you gonna understand if I tell you of heavenly things? I'm gonna talk to you tonight about heavenly things. Let us all pray. Will you earnestly help me pray? I wanna see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost here tonight. It's God's will that someone be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now thanking you for your word. We wanna talk about heavenly things because salvation is a supernatural out of this world experience Amen God it's something from heaven's throne room God let that Holy Ghost experience fall in this room tonight someone be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time someone else be renewed in the Holy Ghost God juvenated and restored and uplifted and encouraged and edified in the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Let's give God a great praise. Let's try to create an atmosphere that the Holy Ghost someone would receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Just stay with me. I won't be long. I promise you. This will not be a denominal message. I'm going to preach to you what God's word says. Somebody say, preach the word. word. Amen. Preach the word. Jesus tells Nicodemus, just just a little bit from last week. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time there. and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this week. Jesus told Nicodemus that water and spirit are what it takes to be born again. If you want to see and enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again of water and spirit. Water and spirit equal the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Listen to me right now. We need to know what that means. Amen. We need to know what water and spirit to be born again, Brother Bob Wilson, to enter the kingdom of God, we need to know exactly what that means. The Bible just said it's a must. To be in the kingdom of God or to be in the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. Then he said, in order to do that, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. And so we need to know what that means. We must know what that means. Unfortunately, the Bible does not say being born of the water means this. Being born of the Spirit means this. It doesn't, for example, if being born of the water means chugging a Coca-Cola, the Bible doesn't say here is this, and that means being born of the water. It doesn't say this means being born of the Spirit. However, we have a number of accounts in Scripture where all three elements are there together. Water, spirit, and the kingdom of God. We have a number of places in the word of God where we can glean from and learn what that means because we need to know what that means. Does it mean shaking a preacher's hand and you're born again? Does it mean repeating a prayer after someone and that means you're born again? We need to know what it means. I want to know what it means if that's what it takes to be in the kingdom of god don't tell me your opinion I, I don't don't even tell me what your denomination or your preacher says show me in the bible that should have been the easiest amen you ever gave show me in the bible what water and spirit equaling me being in the kingdom of god means and we have a number of places in the Word of God, where all three are there together. Last week, we looked at those three. Luke explained in Acts chapter number one. Y'all stay with me. I'm not going to preach very long tonight. Amen. Somebody, somebody ought to just be thinking a prayer all the way through this message tonight. Feel somebody with the Holy Ghost, God. Feel somebody with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Feel somebody with the Holy Ghost in this service tonight. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse number 3, look what Luke says here. He said, to whom also he, this is is when Jesus is giving the great commission to his apostles. He tells them to preach the gospel and baptize. And it explains to us here that during that 40-day period that Jesus was explaining all that to his apostles, that what he was sharing with, with them was pertaining to the kingdom of God. Amen. Preach the gospel and baptize. Water baptizes. is what he's talking about. And those things that he shared with them were pertaining to the kingdom of God. When they followed those instructions, say, I'm still with you, preacher. When they followed those instructions of the Lord, here's what they did. They told the people to repent and be baptized. Water. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, spirit, water, and spirit equal the kingdom of God. Y'all still with me? Water and spirit equal the kingdom of God. The second account is in Acts eight twelve. Acts 8 and 12 says, But when they believed Philip's preaching, the things concerning, here it is again, the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ they were baptized when they heard him preaching about the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God the result was they were water baptized amen then verse 17 says then they laid their hands on them and they received the holy ghost are y'all are y'all with me when they believed his Preaching concerning the kingdom of God In the name of Jesus They were water baptized in Jesus name They laid hands on them And they received the gift of the Holy Ghost Water and spirit equal the kingdom of God Amen Amen I'm in the book Right? We're in the book Acts 19 Starting with verse 5 Says they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus When they heard this They were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus in water. When Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Water and spirit. Then verse 8 says, And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Brother Brian Ratliff, there it is again. We don't have to make it weird, okay? Water. They were baptized in the name of Jesus, water. He laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues, spirit. And then he went straight into the synagogue and taught for three months concerning the kingdom of God. Water and spirit equal the kingdom of God. If you want to be born again according to the Bible. Some of y'all looking at me like I don't know what, I don't know what I'm talking about. But this does. And that's what I'm sharing with you. Water and spirit equal the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Now listen, I hear this so much. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse number 8, says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I hear this argument often, and I love each and every one of you that have this argument. I love you. I've, I've, I've had this uh, discussion many times with great preachers and, and saints of God that don't see things the way I see it. And so they'll go to this right here and say, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So they're saying that because we believe baptism, water baptism is part of the plan of salvation, that we're working our uh, salvation, that we're doing works to be saved. Listen to me. Can Can I educate you a little bit tonight? Paul is not referring to any kind of New Testament commandment of new birth when he's talking about we're not saved by works lest any man should boast. Listen, Paul mentioned the law in the book of Romans alone 79 times. The Old Testament law. You know, that old law where you worked out your own salvation, you had to keep all these rules and regulations to be saved? Paul mentions the law in the book of Romans alone 79 times. 17 times in the book of Galatians or in the book of Corinthians and 30 times in Galatians. 126 times Paul mentions the law to the reader, to the believer That Old Testament law. He's not talking about anything that was shared with us in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, about new birth or salvation. When he says, we're not saved by works, lest any man should boast, he's talking about that Old Testament law. Oh, y'all got to stay with me here. We're not saved by the works of the law, lest any man should boast. And so he's not talking about, as a matter of fact, hear me, who did he write that to? Ephesus. Right? Did we read that in Ephesians? Is that in Ephesians? Y'all help me now. Say it's in Ephesians. Paul wrote that to the Ephesians, Ephesus. The very people that when he met them, he said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Right, right, right. Right. They said, We haven't heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And you know what he asked them? How were you baptized? And so you know what Paul did? He baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ and laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And he wrote to them and said, we're not saved by works. That's good preaching. That's good teaching. Amen. Amen. But let's just say for argument's sake that he was talking about baptism. Let me tell you something about the plan of salvation, the New Testament plan of salvation. The only part that you partake in that could even be considered a work is repentance. Amen. Because you do the repenting. You are the repenter. Amen. But you are not the baptizer. You're the baptizee. That's right. That's right. Repentance is up to you. Come on. That's right. But then you say, man of God, I submit myself to be buried with him in baptism. Come on, come on. Thank you, Brother Ben, for that prayer. Lord, open somebody's mind and their heart today through the word of God. You repent. And then the man of God puts you down in a watery grave. And then it's God that fills you with the gift of... That's not works-based salvation. That's grace salvation. John the Baptist said in Luke chapter 3 verse 16, I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me the latchet of his shoes. I'm not worthy. To... He said, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'm glad one day, as a 13-year-old boy, mom, after I'd repented and after I'd gone down in a watery grave, I went to an old-fashioned altar and I said, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And suddenly, Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We talked last week how that Jesus tried to explain being born of the Spirit. I'm about halfway done. By using the wind as an example. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeth, where it wants to. And you hear the sound thereof. But you can't not tell. You can't tell whether it's coming or where, whether it's going. He said, but you can hear the sound. Now listen to what Jesus says. as He's explaining being born of the Spirit. He said, there's a sound that it'll make. You'll hear something. Oh. That'll help you recognize that someone has been born of the Spirit. I'm just going to stay in the Bible. That way, if somebody gets upset, you can say, I'm mad at the Bible. I'm going to stay in the Bible. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Don't know where it went. Didn't know where it come from. But you heard the sound. Now, I'm going to talk about the Holy Ghost. All right? Can I talk about the Holy Ghost? John the Baptist said he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus said in John chapter 7, Verses 38 through 39, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall, f-. now these are the words of Jesus Christ. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Oh, now think about this. Think about John 3. Nicodemus, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Four chapters later, Are y'all listening? Four chapters later, after Jesus said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Four chapters later, that same Jesus in the same book said, he that believeth on him, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, which they that believe on him should receive. He's talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. He said, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. The Holy Ghost was not yet given. Jesus told his apostles in Luke 24, 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Amen. 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 This waiting and outpouring happened in Acts chapter 2. Y'all still with me? The account of this happening happened in Acts chapter 2. He said, go and wait. Go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power. Come on, somebody. Listen to me now. Don't miss me now. We need the Holy Ghost. We, I need the Holy. You need the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. We need the tooth-gritting, backbone. Peace giving, love sharing, power of the Holy Ghost. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. We don't do that anymore. I remember when I was a kid, people would pray in the altar for hours until the Holy Ghost came. Amen. Amen. You don't have to wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you've got enough faith, God will fill you just as soon as you come up and lift your hands and begin to praise him and worship him for it. But if you've got to tarry, then tarry. If you've got to wet the carpet on these steps up here, wet the carpet on these steps up here. Don't you leave until you get The Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 that 120 people gathered in an upper room and they waited for 10 days. But then suddenly, on the day of Pentecost, there there came a sound. There came a sound. There came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it went. But there was a sound heard. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and set on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. There was a sound and so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Well, glory, I'm really going to get old fashioned. We need an end suddenly, move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house. Come on somebody. Of god amen when the day of pentecost was fully come they were all in one accord in one place suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat on each of them and they all filled with the holy ghost amen you'll hear the sound amen amen you'll hear the sound. And there, Brother Gary Pearson, when it happened on that day, people were marveled. They were like, what in the world? What is going, kind of like y'all been doing when Sister Sherry and my sister was up here jumping around and hollering and screaming. What in the world's going on? I'll tell you what in the world's going on. It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jeremiah explained it like this. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Amen. We used to sing that song, it's Holy Ghost and fire, shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost and fire, shut up in my bones. Amen. You wait till you plug into the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. When the Holy Ghost gets down on the inside of you like it did in the Bible, you won't sit there with your arms folded and your lips locked and and your legs crossed. Hey, when you get the Holy Ghost like they got it in the Bible, you're gonna get out of your seat. It'll make you run, it'll make you shout, it'll make you leap, it'll make you dance. but the Holy Ghost Peter was trying to explain it because people were like what in the world What?" They, they said this they said what meaneth this others mocking others mocking saying these men are full of new wine but then Peter starts to explain what's going on and notice how he explained I haven't heard these two verses very often In his explanation of what was going on, Peter said, This Jesus, Acts 2, verse 32 and 33, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, highly exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. Don't make a sound. Amen. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. God's doing this. He said, God is doing what you're seeing here and what you are hearing. It's a God thing, it's a heavenly thing. It's heavenly things, and we can't explain it from earth. It's heavenly things. Amen. I used this example last week. I've preached a bunch of funerals and I would flip plum out if while I was preaching a funeral, that casket popped open and somebody got up out of it. That would be weird. That would be so weird. But you know what? That weird thing is gonna happen just any moment. The trump of God is gonna sound in the eastern sky and your loved ones that have been buried in a graveyard somewhere, whether it's in a pretty city cemetery or in the backwoods of a family cemetery. When that trumpet sounds, something real weird's gonna happen. Those graves are gonna pop open. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever. That's weird. But I don't want to miss it just because somebody thinks it's weird. Don't you let the devil rob you of the Holy Ghost because somebody thinks it's weird. I'm preaching about heavenly things. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. somebody say hallelujah Somebody thank you Jesus Somebody say praise the Lord Somebody ought to leap with me Somebody ought to leap with me Hallelujah Glory When I shout, no, I'm shouting from a heart that's been set free. If I run, no, I'm running. From a past that's been rejected. Glory. I'm preaching you the Bible tonight. Somebody said tongues was just so that all those different nationalities that were gathered at the day of Pentecost could hear the gospel preached. You ever heard that? Yeah. That was the only purpose of tongues, was so that the gospel could be understood by all the people that were gathered there from all those different countries, all those different nations. But before Peter started preaching the gospel, I want you to notice what he said. I'm almost done. I want you to notice what Peter said. Before he said anything about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I want you to hear what Peter said. Acts 2.14. But Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted his voice. He lifted his voice. Before he started preaching about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, before he told anybody to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, he clearly lifted his voice and said unto them, "You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words." He's not speaking in tongues at this point. He used his voice and his words to explain to those people what was happening, what they were seeing and hearing. The second group of people who were recorded as having spoken tongues were the Gentiles in Acts 10. Listen, there was no multiplicity of nationalities there that day. It was just the Jews that came with Peter and the Gentiles, a bunch of Italians. There was no need If that was the only purpose for speaking in tongues was so that all these multiplicity of different nationalities could hear the gospel preach. what was the purpose there? There was only Gentiles there. But the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Ghost and to speak with other tongues. And it wasn't the preachers that were speaking in tongues. Let me make sure y'all can hear me good. When Peter went to the Gentiles... It wasn't the preachers that were speaking in tongues. It was those new converts. (laughs) Man, that's good. That's so good. They didn't even know what the gospel was, they just heard Peter begin to preach that Jesus had died for their sins and rose again on the third day and that God is no respecter of persons but that in every nation he that believeth on him is accepted of him. And the Bible says while he was yet speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. And the Jews that came to Cornelius' house, man, this is good teaching, y'all. Those Jews that came there with Peter, the Bible said that they were astonished because the Gentiles got the same Holy Ghost that they got on the day of Pentecost. You want to know how they knew? For they heard them speak with tongues. That's how they knew. The wind bloweth where it listeth. <laughs> the third occasion recorded in the Bible was when Paul went to Ephesus in Acts 19. Listen to this. Acts 19 verse 7. Can y'all pull that up? And there, and all the men were about 12. Paul goes to Ephesus. I'm going to ask y'all this same question here in just a few minutes. Paul goes to Ephesus and he asked this question, "Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? since you believed?" They said, we haven't heard whether there be any Holy Ghost, and how were you baptized?" He baptized them in Jesus' name. He laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Are y'all listening, I'm almost done. Don't miss this. He laid hands on them, they started speaking in other tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. And Jake, there was only 12 of them. What was the purpose of tongues then? It's just 12 guys. They all know each other. They're Gentiles. But they got the same experience that what had happened on the day of Pentecost. What about the Corinthians? First of all, how do the Corinthians even know anything about speaking in tongues in the Holy Ghost? Somebody must have told them about it. I've heard people go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and say, Look right here. Paul said, Look, they're speaking in tongues in church. And how do they even know anything about speaking in tongues? If it wasn't for them, how did they ever know anything about it? The Apostle Paul was the one. That converted the Corinthian church. And it was Paul that said faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. How could they receive such a miracle from heaven as speaking in other tongues had they not heard about it? See, see, that's, that's some of y'all's issues. I, you don't know. I'd love to have $5 for every time somebody's told me, my preacher don't preach on that. Why have I never heard that? I've heard people say, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. How, my preacher don't preach on that. He, he jumps right over the book of Acts. He says, that's just a book of history. We've got to jump over here to Romans to find out how to be saved. How did the Corinthians even know about Speaking in other tongues. I'll tell you how they knew. The Apostle Paul. The same Apostle Paul that went to Ephesus and prayed for them to receive the Holy Ghost is the same Apostle Paul that wrote to the Corinthians that had already been filled with the Holy Ghost and said you need to be doing everything decently and in order. But he said don't forbid to speak with tongues. Do you know when he wrote that letter to them? 30 years after Pentecost. 30 years after Pentecost, the Holy Ghost is still in operation. And Paul said, 30 years after Pentecost, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, I'm glad that I speak in tongues more than you all. Why is he still speaking in tongues 30 years after Pentecost if the only reason for tongues on the day of Pentecost was so that the gospel could be understood by all those nations? But let me tell you what the Bible says about speaking in tongues. That you can have intercessory prayer between you and God. Oh, I don't have time to preach all this tonight. Romans chapter 8 said that the Spirit itself maketh intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. Every time somebody was filled with the Holy Ghost in the Bible and it was evidenced by something, it was evidenced by the speaking in other tongues. Don't get quiet on me now. I'm in the book, y'all. I'm in the book, 30 years after Pentecost. They're speaking in tongues. I'm trying to hurry. I'm skipping. Let me ask you this: who can show me where the Apostle Paul? Can you show me where the Apostle Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues? It's not in the Bible. The account of his initial infilling of the Holy Ghost and him speaking out of the tongues is not in the Bible. But he obviously believed in it because he laid hands on people to experience it. And 30 years after Pentecost, he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. Why in the world would he say that if it's... Come on, y'all. Boy, if I was an attorney, I'd be winning today. Amen. Let me tell you why he's still speaking in tongues 30 years later because it wasn't just for the day of Pentecost. Let me tell you why he's still speaking in tongues 30 years later, it wasn't just for the Jews. You may tell you why he's still speaking in tongues 30 years later? Because it's how he had peace of mind when he was shipwrecked. You may tell you why he's still speaking in tongues 30 years later? Because he said, "When he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself in the Holy Ghost between him and God. You may tell you why? Yes, sir. Hear me today. The Holy Ghost is for you. See, it was that same Paul that said in Romans eleven 29. Y'all hear me, I'm finishing, I'm finishing. Paul said in le- Romans eleven twenty nine 29 that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. That the gifts and the callings of God, Just Sherry, thank you. I was getting ready to tell you to come. That the gifts... And callings of God are without repentance. You know what that means? That if he promised to someone 2,000 years ago, that that promise is still valid 2,000 years later. That the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. That means he don't change his mind about the gifts and the callings. Would you stand with me today? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Man, I, I have attacked tradition here tonight. Come on, would you close your eyes? I know there's some shuffling around going on right here. I wonder if somebody just kind of start praying right now. Hear me. Hear me. This afternoon, water and Spirit equal the kingdom of God some of you have dealt with anxiety on a level that you didn't know what in the world you were going to do let me tell you how to overcome anxiety when it hits you at a level that you don't know what to do the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost Whoop. in the midnight hour amen when the situation you're facing is so much stronger than you have the strength within yourself to deal with it let me tell you how to deal with it the Holy Ghost come on somebody listen to me you need the Holy Ghost Come on. And it's for you today. Ain't nobody looking. Come on. Would you close your eyes? God is calling somebody out of their seat right now to come get the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on. Don't, don't you wait one more second. Come to this Come to this altar. Somebody's going to meet you down here tonight and pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost. We're going to wet some carpet around here tonight. Come on. Thank you for joining our podcast. We want to invite you to our church Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, Sunday afternoons at 345. We want to say thank you for joining us and also tune in next time for our podcast, Messages from the Promise.